I'm Bree. I'm Dee. Welcome back to the Chocolate Bar. Our lives, our strength, our time. We are on episode 19. Woo! We might Yay. have to do some kind of giveaway or party or something next episode. Because this is pretty momentous and we haven't killed ourselves or each other. So, Amen. you know, uh, kudos to us. Um, we are going to... <laughs> jump right into things because I am so scared what is going to happen if we waste any more time. So I will be very brief in my weekend shenanigans. But first, D, let's talk about yours. Um, I don't know that I had a lot. I spent most of the weekend staring at my computer, screaming at people stronger than me at Raw Nationals. Oh, yes. We will talk about that in a second, hunting. <laughs> I think I covered that is literally what I think I spent most of my weekend doing. Um, I trained on Saturday like I always do. Um, I think, yeah, this was a pretty uneventful weekend because all of my people were lifting this weekend. So yes. including my training partner. So I <laughs> really was just sort of hanging out by myself. Um, How's the new job? The new job is fabulous. Um, in interesting news, I or exciting news or whatever you want to call it, um, my deadlift has magically re fucking appeared finally. Hey. And um, if you've been following my Instagram stories, I basically had a very long talk with um, Chelsea Savitt. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say Jesus. Okay, but no, that's not, fine. <laughs> not quite Jesus. Okay. I'm sure Chelsea would be super excited <laughs> to know she's Jesus, but <laughs> okay, just checking. She's kind of like the deadlifting Jesus, though. So same She's difference. like bench Jesus for me. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Bench Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I had reached out to her um, with some questions about um, Beef Puff bar- Barbell um, and their services. And we ended up kind of having a longer talk about what's been going on with me and my coaching and all that. Um, so um, she helped me kind of think through some things, things like that. And um, I decided to basically strip everything that both of my coaches told me to do. Mm hmm this year over the last six well the six months that i had my coaches or seven months or so however long that was mm-hmm. um i stripped all of that uh changed my shoes back to what they used to be changed hey. my changed my deadlift back to the way i used to do it um <laughs> changed my squat back to the way it used to be i took off my freaking weightlifting shoes and magically who knew sometimes you got to go back to basics man so, and, and repeatedly that's so you know yeah i think um i just think there is and we can probably talk about this one day on an episode i think there's something to be said for getting a brand new lifter versus somebody who i might not be an advanced power lifter Mm -hmm. but i it's not like i'm new to lifting i was lifting for a pretty significant time before i hired either of my coaches and i think you can refine technique and i think you can make everybody's technique better there's always room to fix things but i think sometimes we can do that even in other things in life um you can try to fix things at the expense or risk of breaking other things and i think that i think that might be what happened is that we spent so much time trying to make me a quote-unquote technically good power lifter Mm -hmm. that it broke all of my confidence in my ability to lift so just kind of stripping all of those nitpicky things away and just going and grabbing the bar and pulling without hurting myself right is kind of where i'm back to now and yeah like i love fact, it you know the fact that i've been like breaking down into tiers of 220 pound deadlifts and all of a sudden this morning i was almost pulling 250 for multiple steps, sets for multiple reps without kind of freaking out about it yeah we're in a good place so good shit um, man good shit i don't know what comes next um i don't know what that means for the future i don't know what it means for 2018 like i told someone else it might mean i'm completely uncoachable and sort of an asshole i don't know um so <laughs> that doesn't say anything about what's going to happen as far as me and the platform but yeah 
That's well, where you we sound are. happy, and that makes me happy. So. so that's that's where we are. I feel much better about my lifting. Um, thanks, Chelsea, for listening to me whine and cry in your DMs. Um, yeah, so that that's where we are. Pretty simple. Cool, 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 man. Well, um, as far as I'm concerned, let's see what's been going on with me. Um, things. Ooh, I should probably knock on some wood um, because things are getting a little quieter at work, which has made my life a lot easier. Um, so that's uh, been smoothing out just a tad bit. Um, this last weekend, I uh, spent most of the weekend, as you, uh, screaming at my iPad and watching all of the black girl magic at raw nationals i mean when i tell you that it just literally my heart was so full watching all those badass sisters lift that shit it just i mean it really just did something to me i can't even explain what it is so thank you to all of you track foo um coco soul lady liverpool who am i forgetting am i forgetting anybody good there's uh, there, there there are a ton of people and and just... folks that i didn't even probably see or know was was there but you guys really just you know it just really did my heart good it was just it made me so proud to see you guys out up there just doing your thing and doing it well and dominating so thank you for that um so that was where i spent a good portion of my weekend parked in front of my iPad and screeching um, at uh, odd random times in my house, much to the displeasure of my husband and son and dog. (laughs) (laughs) Angus was like, what is happening? Um, And then when I wasn't doing that, I was actually um, getting ready for a powerlifting meet. Uh, It is finally here. My Special Olympics athletes are going to be lifting in a state, uh, Maryland State Powerlifting meet next or this Saturday. And um, I'm so hyped for them i cannot wait they have worked so hard and you know we have just they have just really really made really made a lot of improvements and gains and and in turn it's like i said i feel like it's made me a better lifter so i'm super proud coach i cannot wait to uh you know we're gonna go up there and stun on them so yeah yes i will definitely be doing some uh live IGing from there so you guys can see just how badass they are um so that's really uh what i spent the majority of the weekend doing and then um we had a little bit of family time my husband gets on these family time kicks you know it's like we're gonna have family time and enjoy it damn it and you know my son and i are like okay dad (laughs) so (laughs) we um had this conversation recently and you know i'm not a so i like games um i'm not a huge board game fan per se like in the traditional sense like i'll play monopoly but monopoly to me is one of those games that like you just play till you die you know because it just (laughs) never ends so i don't i after a while i'm like okay y'all um so i'm not big into monopoly or board games but you know there are other games that i like but apparently this was shocking news to my family um because we were talking about it one night and you know my son was like well mom doesn't like games and i was like yes i do and they both kind of, you know, whipped their heads around and looked at me like, what kind of games you like? And I was like, I love categories. And they were like, what? So this apparently was shocking me. So anyway, long story short, my husband um, and my son went out this weekend and got some games. So we spent Saturday night playing Taboo, which is like one of the most fun games ever. And um, I was talking to Dee and apparently I'm a dumbass <laughs> who doesn't know anything about science 
or math um, because they were, you know, there were a couple of things that, you know, my son was, you know, like, yeah, and this and this. And my husband shout out the answer. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And when I asked Dee about it, she was like, duh. And I'm like, well, <laughs> shit, duh. I didn't take that shit in high school. And she was like, wait, what? How you not take physics? How'd you get out of high school? So anyway, that was fun and hilarious. Um, and then yesterday I went to the um, Asian market to get my little fruits and veggies and stuff for the week and um, just bought a whole bunch of stuff that just caught my eye. So I had the bomb lunch today. I had some bibimbap, which is a Korean mm. dish that is life so just trying to uh insert a little more variety into my meals and trying to get more veggies in and trying to really get a little bit closer to actually meeting my macros on any given day um because that has not been happening um so it's fine but um so that and uh you know just lifting and living life so uh all is well um but yeah so we wanted to talk on tonight's episode about hashtag goals um, because, you know, obviously people always talk about that. We see it all the time on social media, you know, but when it really comes down to it, I often wonder if people a actually know what that really means and sort of in the context of sports and, you know, particularly powerlifting, CrossFit, what have you, you know, how goal setting really works and, and how, you know, how to make it work for you. Um, I, I don't know that I, I, for me, it's been a work in progress. And, um, you know, I've, I've found out some really interesting and surprising things along the way. And so I thought it might be cool to talk about, you know, our individual sort of, you know, goal processes or goal goals what are our goals for goals and um you know just some you know kick back and forth some ideas about you know how to really make that work for you um when you're you know getting into strength sports or you're competing or whatever the case may be so um i guess my first uh kind of uh, query to throw out there to you, D, is, you know, if you want to tell us a little bit about kind of what, you know, goals means to you so in, in the context of, of your sporting sporting career um, and, and uh, how that's how that's looked for you. You know, what's really interesting. And I sat here when you said goals and we were talking about training. I suck at setting goals for lifting. Mm-hmm. I really suck at it. Mm-hmm. Um but what's ironic is I can set very realistic, very practical goals. And I've always been able to do this with regard to running and the sports related to running that I've done over the years. Mm-hmm. Or even when I was dancing, I could set realistic, you know, iterative goals for dance, mm-hmm. iterative mm-hmm. Re- goals for running. But something about lifting completely fucks with my goal setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's because with running, for the most part, I feel like you have a lot of control over your run. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're talking about distance, you right. either run 10 miles or you don't, it may not be or as fast as, or it may not be as fast as you want it to be. But I feel like for me, it's always been really easy to benchmark mm-hmm. a running goal, but with, right. with lifting, and maybe this is part of me not having had a coach for a fair chunk of my lifting career, I may set goals that I'm looking for and I might have things in mind that I want to see, but I have always been atrocious <laughs> at saying, mm-hmm. um, this is where I'm trying to go with this. So I right. can pick out lofty end goal games. Like I can, I can say, oh, I want a 300 pound bench. Okay. I don't really want, I mean, if I can get a 300 pound bench, amen. Yeah. But right. like, you know, 
300 pound squat, uh, 250 pound, whatever the case may be. Those kinds of things I'm, are, I'm really good at throwing out. But because I think I lean toward perfectionism in general in all mm-hmm. things in life, smaller goals, the ones that pick up to that bigger goal, I suck at setting those because they are, they, in my head, they're almost, they become almost meaningless. Right. Because I don't really give a fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> if mm-hmm. I bench 150 for three. I care in the sense that, yay, it happened or whatever. But I get stuck on the end game because right. of, because number one, I'm a perfectionist and I really, I get very bogged down in that. And mm-hmm. I like to see um, that end goal. It makes me feel better. Right. But also I found even with me having had coaches now, mm-hmm. and I can't say I've had every coach that coaches powerlifting in my life or for that matter, every figure coach in the world. Right. But even the coaches I've had, a lot of times they've been focused on the goal for the numbers for my powerlifting meet. Even if we've never talked about what those exact numbers are, mm-hmm. it becomes very clear along the way um, that they've had a weight in mind in the case of my figure coach or a you know a look in mind, but they're not telling me what it is or there's an end goal for my right. powerlifting meet, but we haven't really talked about what that is. So I'm chasing something I can't see, but they know what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very, with the lifting thing, it's really been hard for me with my perfectionist nature in and of itself and then with the reality of setting goals because you are supposed to kind of make them measurable and they're supposed to be iterative you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i like i personally prefer to have realistic goals i think that is something that has frustrated the shit out of every coach i've ever had in life Mm -hmm. um i'm a and you know this because i when i do it it frustrates you too sometimes i am the most straightforward realistic person i don't do fantasy i don't do lofty goals Mm -hmm. i don't i can't i don't think that way right (laughs) and if it's not something that i can grasp possibly doing Mm -hmm. i don't put it out there yeah i just don't it's um so whereas i see a lot of people that i know who who are interested in powerlifting or interested in competing um will say for example i want to make the olympia like they'll start out at their first bikini show right talking about how they want to make the olympia mm-hmm. i can't do that right. i'm not even capable of doing that mm-hmm. um when i was looking at figure back in the day before i started getting big enough to think about physique if i was to compete now mm-hmm. um it the, the idea of even making it to the point where i could compete for a pro card was not even something i was capable of conceiving of i so even though i'm really bad at setting smaller goals Mm -hmm. i also really kind of suck about those like pie in the sky things that people usually dream about i don't want that either right i like you know it's interesting um, but without the without the lofty crazy goals it's interesting because um and you know i think everyone is going to have a different take on this but i i don't know it's like again you know you see all of these inspirational quotes and one of the ones that really i think I'm not sure why it annoys me so much, but I see often, you know, and and whether it is in a uh, meme or something else, and it's something to the extent of, um, if your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough or something like that. And I'm just like, well, okay, but can I not be scared? Like, (laughs) I don't know. It just kind of, and I guess because again, it's almost this sort of judgmental, well, if you don't think of things in this way then there's something wrong with your goals you know what i mean your your goals that are a little bit safer than scary or whatever the case may be so anyway i just had to throw that out there when you said that uh, no i think it's true 
it's it's definitely true that there's this sort of idea that if you and I and like I said I've heard it from not just my coaches I hear it from my friends who are coaches or right. my friends who have coaches um, I hear that same kind of message that you know you've got to you've got to aim for this big crazy scary goal right and not everybody's brain works that way I mean yeah sure some people are great saying I mean um, being able to say yeah I'm going to chase down this lofty goal. I'm going to be the next man to, right. you know, to, to squat a thousand pounds. I can't think that far forward. Right. It freaks me right. out. And usually if you want me to bail on something, that's the fastest way for me to bail on it is for me to set some lofty goal that I know isn't realistic. Right. And exactly. leave me with that as the end game. That's that. So for right. me, I think that's my, my big thing with goal setting that I've learned over the last few years is that, um, and I think it depends too. I mean, you know, for I think it depends on what it is that you're considering. You know, for some things, you know, having a big lofty goal might be the thing that you know kind of spurns you to get there. But for other things, maybe that's not what you want to do. Maybe you want to start with a smaller goal first, right? And kind of ease your toe into the water. That's okay too. I mean, I think the you know the point is. Um, that, like you said, not everybody's brain works in the same way. So I think, you know, I just think it would be less people would be set up for failure or, you know, I think more people would maybe try things that they wouldn't necessarily try otherwise because, you know, than, than they do now because there's this, you know, sort of, oh, well, you know, that's not really my goal. So I might, I might as well not even bother, you know, learning how to be a bodybuilder because I don't want to go to the Olympia or that's just not something I'm looking at right now. And that's, that's not the case. That's absolutely fine. You know, everyone is going to have, I think, different goals. So I just, you know, I just wish there wasn't this sort of overarching, like, you know, with everything, it's, you know, go big or go home all the time with everything, you know, and and I, it's like, that's not always the best way to do things for for every person i think it scares people sometimes yes. even in an unhealthy way yes. i think sometimes when you tell people and I, i've had it happen to me and i'm sure at some point in life you've had it happen to you i think sometimes that lofty goal setting can contribute to that whole thing that we've talked about before on here with the idea of imposter syndrome so right i know with and i'm not talking about my coaches saying this let's just be clear about this but Right. I know that with my friends around me, oh, you're so strong. And you, and I'm talking about people who power lift. Like real life mm -hmm. people always think I'm fucking strong. I'm not that strong. Like, mm -hmm. like in, in, in the powerlifting world, I am fairly weak. But let's say, but you get me around the right group of people and they're, oh my God, you have so much potential. I, I distinctly remember being in a certain group of people mm -hmm. um, not before I really got serious about kind of trying to make the powerlifting journey. And it was, oh my gosh, you should totally be a powerlifter. You're going to make it to nationals. And oh my God. And when you start doing that to people who yeah. haven't even set one foot in front of the other to start thinking about powerlifting. That's a lot. It's a lot. Like I remember going to my original coach and I remember going to the gym on the first day and I was just kind of doing an evaluation. He was evaluating me. I was evaluating mm -hmm. him, trying to decide if we even wanted to work together. And somebody in the gym that day said to me, they were like, oh, so are you doing the state meet? I literally wanted to put my shoes on and run out of the gym when they said yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, whoa, pump your brakes, homie. Pump your brakes. Bro, I don't even know if I like this guy yet. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, and again, I think, you know, whether it's just society nowadays, or, you know, I, I think it's just this whole instant gratification thing, or, you know, people, you know, only know limited amounts about, 
you know, certain sports. So, you know, when you think about bodybuilding, everybody thinks about, you know, or a lot of people think about the Olympia or, you know, the Arnold. And it's kind of like, well, if that's not your goal, why are you even doing this? You know, and you're like, actually, there's a lot of other things I'd like to get out of this. Or, you know, with CrossFit, well, you're not trying to go to the games? No. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think, and, and again, we'll we'll dig a little deeper into this when we talk a little bit more about types of goals and things like that but it's like people look at that and don't take into account all of the other things that would come into play to kind of get there people i mean the reality is people be talking out their asses and they they have no (laughs) idea what they're talking about and no idea what that even looks like so that's all that they know and they're just going to throw it out there so you know people are stupid but anyway um but yeah i i totally get what you're saying like that can be very um and and people i think sometimes think that it that's encouraging or you know that's an ego boost that someone thinks so highly of you and your abilities but it's like actually no that's kind of freaking me out a little bit you know and I've even had to you know I had to get on you know my husband about that like when we you know kind of when I first started you know competing um in bodybuilding and you know god bless him I love him to death he's my absolutely biggest fan and that's the way it should be you know your your partner but he didn't have a a greater understanding of the sport so I think it was easy again for him to throw out there oh yeah you shoot you about to you know you about to win everything and I'm like yo don't put that kind of pressure on me you know and then I think as he became more started to understand you know some of the you know subtle nuances of what really goes into that process and watching me go through it I think that also helped him to say okay you know I I don't want to put that kind of pressure on you I know what you're capable of um you know and that's but however you want to play it or however you want it to play out is fine I just support you in whatever it is that you want to do and that made things a lot easier for me I think um you know so I yeah I get that I, I I definitely get that you know, that would freak me out too. Um, if somebody said that to me at the outset, the first day I walked into the gym, girl, you going to the Arnold? Wait, you don't even know me. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, I just got here. I literally just walked into the gym for the first time ever. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that's the case. Um, and I know for me, you know, it's interesting because like I said, I've, I've, you know, with each successive, um, you know, prep that I did, you know, back in bodybuilding, I learned a little bit more about myself. And I learned a little bit more about, you know, kind of best practices for me. And it's really interesting. Um, I think, for me, it was definitely one of those things where ignorance really worked well in my favor. Because I didn't know enough about the sport to really set any goals per se like I didn't when I first started I had no idea there was an Arnold you know for women and for what I was trying to do I mean I knew about the person but not necessarily sort of the you know competition um and so it did it never occurred to me like I'm going to go to the Arnold I'm going to go to the Olympia because I didn't even know what that was um and then you know I took a you know big chunk of time off as I've mentioned before on previous episodes and then when I decided to come back um and you know a do figure one last time and then move over to physique again you know physique was still fairly new and so I the whole concept of a pro card like it just never really occurred to me um you know I didn't and at that point I didn't necessarily have like a huge 
community of people that I knew that were involved in the sport to kind of know or ask them what that meant. And I'm honestly glad I didn't um, because I never focused on it. That was, I'll tell you this, that was never my goal when I, when I, you know, started, um, you know, preparing to compete in women's physique, a pro car was never, ever my goal. Cause I, really I can did. testify to that. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, you know, we can go talk repeatedly ad nauseum about the dumbfounded look on my face when I was standing on stage by myself like what happened um, <laughs> when I got a pro card but I didn't right. know anything about that and um, you know I think in a lot of ways that did work for me because it forced me to focus more on the things that led up to that as opposed to that actual specific outcome um, so you know that was kind of how that worked at that point and then as i became more savvy you know like for example now you know um even now like i'm much more aware and had i stayed you know decided to continue bodybuilding or decided to make my debut as a pro I still wasn't thinking of it like, you know, I'm going to make my pro debut and then I'm going to go switch over to the, you know, IFBB and try to get a pro card there. And then one day I'm going to be on the Arnold State. Like, I just wasn't even thinking about it like that. Um, and, I, you know, I think, it, you know, I think that certainly took a lot of pressure off of me. I mean, there were other things, obviously, about the process that I just didn't, you know, I didn't feel it anymore. But, um, yeah, I don't I, I, I didn't I haven't really thought of it like that and even with powerlifting that I'm you know kind of sticking my baby toe in the water or whatever and even watching this weekend and you know getting so hyped and watching all these you know badass women lift all this heavy ass you know tremendous amounts of weight like it was in I don't even want to say inspiring because I hate using that I mean I, I motivating was, no it wasn't motivating to the extent like I don't even because I'm not really externally motivated like that like I was happy for them like yeah. I was happy you know I felt good because you know I, I could see that these were things that they wanted to accomplish and they were able to accomplish them so like that made me happy but I wasn't really looking at it like yeah I'm about to you know I'm raw you know raw nationals I'm gonna be there next year you know what I mean and not necessarily because I'm like oh I could or I could not I just I feel like I have so many steps to take to learn more about the sport and about competing like that's just not even something that's I'm looking at on the horizon um so I think that you know learning to do that and focus on focusing on other goals first I think works much better for me um you know and then again that's not to say that you know it's a bad thing to have lofty goals or goals that you know people you know might think are impossible but that's just not how my brain works you know because to me a nothing's impossible um so I don't even really ever look at anything like that but I just look at it like do I want to put forth the effort and put in the work to achieve this? That's more how I look at things. Like, you know, yeah, I, I certainly could, you know, go to medical school and, and fulfill my dream of being a doctor if that's what it was. But do I really want to do what is involved to get there? And the answer is no. So, yeah, no, it's not impossible, but it's just not something I'm, I would choose to do at this point in my life. Um, and I tend to look at goals like that, even with sports, um, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, athletic endeavors I've pursued. Um, that's, I'm just, a, I think a more practical person, like kind of like what you were saying, um, you know, just more straightforward than that. Even with CrossFit, I've, you know, I love CrossFit and I do it, but I don't, 
you know, I haven't really taken the time to organize what my CrossFit goals are, you know, because it's just not that serious. <laughs> not to die. Yeah, right. Exactly. Not to die you know, during one, one, the wad. One wad at a time is usually my goal. Um, and it's just not that serious to me. Um, you know, so that is what has worked for me. Um, and, and it's funny because I didn't really know that there was a name for that or there was a, a, a sort of a whole kind of realm of thinking um, in terms of how, you know, I and, and maybe you and other folks approach goals, but in doing some um, research, you know, for this episode, I came across an article which kind of spurned this on too. It was on, um, I think it was Juggernaut, Juggernaut Training's website. But anyway, it was basically talking about the sports psychology of goal setting. It's a really good article. So if you guys get a chance to read it, um, definitely take a look at it. But it really crystallize I think and clarify for me like what kind of what my process has evolved to I guess you could say um so you know I'll and we can kind of I think go kind of go back and forth about what you know these specific things mean to us but the, the basically the gist of the article says that um you know there are three types of goals that athletes tend to set and how you place those sort of in you know in what order you place them I think kind of determines how successful you'll be in reaching your goals um and so the three types of goals are process goals performance goals and outcome goals and I actually listed them in order of importance and I think that's what surprised me um early on and what surprises a lot of people the one that people think is most important is probably least important, <laughs> right? Um, and that's, you know, outcome. So that's kind of like, what do you want to happen? That's winning the Arnold. That's getting your pro card. That's, you know, going to the Olympia. That's going to the Olympics. You know, that's, you know, getting whatever the case may be, winning first place, right? Um, that's usually the one that you probably want to focus the least on and i think that really is where a lot of people get stuck and a lot of people kind of screw themselves when they're thinking about what their goals are or should be with respect to um you know their particular sport of choice so well i think you and i talked about this a little bit earlier uh, not on the podcast but mm-hmm. when we were talking about the podcast is that a lot of coaches are geared that way mm-hmm. um I know that very often in a lot of the coaching questionnaires I've seen, the big questions aren't about the, they ask you where you are now. Mm-hmm. If they, they do ask, that. <laughs> right, right. The good ones, at, let's say the good ones right. ask where you are now. Right. But the problem is a lot of them don't ask about, they ask about iterative goals in the sense that they're asking about smaller, big goals, mm-hmm. but they're still asking about the end game goals. Right. Like it's not, um, these other two goals you haven't we haven't really talked about what those mean yet but knowing what those other two mean they're not really talking about those they're mm-hmm. still talking about outcome goals they're right. still talking about well how much weight do you want to lift at the end of xyz time right what is your ultimate goal do you want to i mean i've had more coaches than i care to count ask me well do you want to hit a state record do you want to hit a national or an american record do you want to go to nationals man i just want to do a meet and not die right right and here's right. and not make an asshole out right. of myself <laughs> exactly exactly and i think too it's important to think about that you know we've you know talked about this on the coaching episode um but i think it's important to to look at that as well because if you are um 
considering working with a coach and the coach says, what's your goal? And you say, I want to win my first card. On the, you know, I want to win my pro card on the first try or I want to, you know, win this show. If he if, if that coach's response is, OK, cool. Yeah, I got you. You need to go on about your business. Because yep, run. No one, no one can guarantee you that. And if someone is promising you that, then they're setting you up for failure. Right. Because that is just there are some things that are out of your control with respect to outcomes. And we'll talk a little bit about that, too. So, you know, it's nice to, you know, have that pie in the sky, you know, goal and have somebody promise you the moon and stars. But again, you need to be real mindful about that because people promising you shit that they can't guarantee um, is just a really bad way to, you know, kind of get into a, a coaching relationship with someone and be, you know, get into achieving a particular goal so anyway <laughs> no it's true I think I just I, I it's amazing to me the number of coaches that I've met over the years not even just necessarily for my own personal services but you come across coaches in day-to-day -day life when you're in gyms and in the strength sports people introduce themselves to you and it is amazing to me the number of coaches who are willing to put out um lofty goals right. and guarantee you that the, those lofty goals are going to happen right so unless they they themselves are judging you in a show or, you know, they got some kind of special direct line to God, it ain't going to happen like that. Or usually. they're planning on lifting the weight for you. Right. right. <laughs> it's probably not going to go down like that. So, again, you just want to be mindful of that. Um, so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about sort of these three goals that um, we discussed. So um, there are three, you know, again, there are three main goals that uh, typically um happen when you're you know trying to achieve something and, and 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 honestly you know you probably will come to find that this really spills over pretty much into every aspect of one's life but um you know specifically in the context of um you know strength sports or athletic endeavors so there's process goals like i said performance and outcome so process goals basically are kind of step one and those are basically the goals that um of executing the actual process it takes to get you to where you want to go if that makes sense right so it's almost like you have to work backwards so process goals would be things like you know making sure you um, come as close to your macros as you can every day um, making sure that you you know get in all of your training sessions during a week making sure that you're getting in the requisite amount of water or supplements or um, you know doing the the you know mobility that you've sort of set a goal to do right so those are that's kind of your, your your first thing performance goals are basically the goals that you set that track your progress in the sport so and they're sort of benchmarks for for you know where you are and where you want to go for example um you know let's say you set performance goals of um you know squatting x amount for five reps at the end of a phase or you know um losing x amount um of body fat by you know in during your cutting phase or something like that um you know getting full range of motion you know in your um you know in your quad if you're you know having coming back from an injury so those are like the actual little things that you are going to actively do to track where you are and and where you are in relation to your you know sort of overarching goal and then there are outcome goals and that's basically the big picture that's the pie in the sky that's kind of the you know sort of the meat and potatoes of where you want to go 
Sorry, I thought I had to sneeze. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, your outcome goals are, like I said, winning. Winning your powerlifting meet or, you know, uh, having XYZ PR, um, you know, play pro card, pro card, right? That's always a big one. Um, if you're already a pro, you know, qualifying for the Arnold or, um, you know, in CrossFit, getting to, you know, the CrossFit games or getting to regionals and then getting to the CrossFit games. So that's kind of the the big thing that people focus their attention on, right? So. When you think about it in order of importance, though, that third one is probably the least important. And like I said, I think that's shocking for a lot of people because, again, that's the sexy goal. That's the one that you, you know, talk incessantly about. That's the one that you put on, you know, um, Instagram with hashtag goals. You know, that's the one that, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the goal that for a lot of people, well, oh, if so-and-so says this goal is has set this goal and I look up to them, then I'm going to set this goal for myself, too, without really, again, kind of being a little bit more strong. strategic and introspective about sort of what that means or if that's something that they really want to accomplish and they kind of forget about everything else so you know when you talk about writing down goals you know a lot of people you know say oh it's really good to write out your goals so you can kind of have them in front of you people sort of wax poetic on the outcome and all the things that's going to happen and they're going to get endorsements and blah 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 and so and so is going to sponsor them and they'll get all the free protein powder they want (laughs) (laughs) but they don't write out how they're going to get there they don't write out what they're going to do the definitive steps they're going to take in terms of the process and they don't write out the you know what those benchmarks are going to be that indicate to them that they're getting to where they want to go um and you know it's really interesting i was you know I've worked with several coaches over the course of you know many years and they've all been um really good um well most of them um but the ones that have been really good um the one thing that really, again, kind of struck me about my current coach, hey, Cliff, um, Team Wilson Bodybuilding, um, he's also a powerlifting coach. Anyway, when I started working with him and just kind of talking to him about where I wanted to go and what I was looking at, and, you know, I, I, I was definitely struck by, um, you know, he talked to me about process. He talked to me about performance. Yeah, I told him my outcome, but I think because my outcome was – um, you know, not necessarily, I want to, you know, I want to win all the awards. I want to win all the prize money when I make my pro debut. Like, um, it made our ability to work together and it made our ability to communicate a lot easier because he knew that I was, you know, sort of being realistic in what I wanted to achieve. And he also knew that, I was being realistic about what he could provide for me to get to my goals. Um, and, and he wrote an article um, or a post recently about this very thing. And, you know, it was all about, you know, outcome goals and, you know, what that looks like. And then he kind of said, you should set your outcome goal and then forget about it. And I was like, what? <gasps> you know, clutch the pearls. What do you mean? Cliff? <laughs> And he basically was saying what we were talking about tonight. Like, that's fine that, you you know, you want to win a show. But if you're not focused on the process, really, most importantly, you know, and then somewhat the performance, you ain't going to get there, homeboy. Right. That's it's never going to happen. He said, you know, if you take the time to focus on meeting your process goals, everything else is going to more than likely fall into place. And this goes back to the whole concept of you control the controllables. 
You exactly. focus on the things that you can control on a daily basis, the mundane things, the, you know, getting up every morning at the crack of dawn and get to the gym when you're tired and, you know, the shit that you don't want to post on Facebook when you're doing your cardio and all that other stuff. That's what's going to get you to the outcome. But just looking at the outcome and you often hear people, you know, when they talk about their process or whatever, I, I you know, I, I use visualization. I like to visualize myself on stage and, you know, doing a quarter turn and winning everything. And it's like, okay, that's uh. great. Um, and again, for some people that may work, but if you don't have anything supporting that, if you don't have any meat underneath that, that is going to get there's you there. There's nothing there. There's no point because you're never, you don't know how to get there. You're basically, you know, what is it? A, 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 I don't know. Anyway, I was going to say something, some <laughs> inspirational, stupid shit. But the point is, is that you have to focus on the process. That is where 99.9% of your energy needs to go. Um, because if you start doing those things, then you'll find that those pers- you're hitting those performance goals without really too much effort on your part or like stress about it. And if you're hitting those performance goals, you'll find that, you know, a lot of times you will get to your outcome goals, right? Now, of course, that doesn't always work because shit happens. You might get injured. You, you know, might forget your singlet, whatever the case may be. But at least if you are focused on the one and the two, you don't have to really stress about the three. I think one thing that you said and you breathed, you like breezed by it. But I think it's important to go back to it because I know um, we've got some people who listen who are coaches. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that is really important for coaches to hear is that you need to have these conversations with your athletes together. Because I can say as someone who's been coached, I've been playing sports since I could walk, basically. One of the biggest things for me, I'm starting to realize now that I'm freaking 38, um, that matters to me is... I need a coach who can clearly delineate for me. I need a map. I need you to be able to map for me. Okay, so if my lofty goal is, let's say my lofty goal is a 250-pound bench. Okay, that's great. Whoop-de-doo. I need you to explain to me every step of your map in your head how I'm getting there. Because I think what has been the biggest failure for me in any coaching relationship, going all the way back to like childhood ballet one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is when I have a coach who keeps the process in their head Mm -hmm. and this churns out the plan. Mm -hmm. And and I'm a workhorse. And that's the other thing. Most of us who are successful athletes um, to any degree, are inherent workhorses. Now, there are a whole lot of people who call themselves athletes and hard workers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anybody looks great in a photo on Instagram or a 30-second video, right. but most of us who are actually out here doing things and trying to compete in things are workhorses at heart. You can't get into these sports and not have workhorse tendencies. Right. There's no such thing as a really lazy, successful bodybuilder right. or a lazy, successful power. Lifter. I mean, even if you have amazing genetics, you still have to put in some work. You still have to, yeah, you still have to be doing to do whatever the minimum is for you. Mm-hmm. But most of us are workhorses. And so the thing is, I think where a lot of coaches get lost is uh, with this goal setting thing is you get the athlete who will give you the lofty goal and who will do all of the things that you line up in the process. Mm-hmm. And we'll hit all those benchmarks, but they don't know how they add up to that goal. Right. And that's when I think you start seeing people wandering off. I know that is the fastest way for me to wander. Mm-hmm. For me to be like, okay, so I have squatted 175 pounds, 9 million and six times in the last eight weeks. Right. Now what? Right. And, and how, does that, <laughs> how does that figure into it? 
Um, right. And I think a lot of times coaches in all of these sports um, have in their heads what the end game is and what the steps are leading up to that mm-hmm. end game. But not every coach is good at communicating. Right. That. And even and when they're asked for it. Some of them don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, no, some of them don't know. Um, I don't even know how to tell you other than keep asking questions yeah. and see where right. your coach is with that. But on the other side, if you consider yourself a good coach, you should be able to communicate these things to your athletes without them having to ask for it right. all the time. Right. Because you will lose athletes. Right. Um, even with girls who I help with weight loss, and I'm not a coach, I'm not a personal trainer, I'm not a diet person, but I have a lot of friends who are just regular life people who are like, hey, how can I do this on the most basic level? Mm -hmm. I don't want to pay somebody a whole bunch of money to teach me this. I just need to make adjustments to my life. I explain to them, okay, well, if you take this food you're eating here Mm -hmm. and just remove it, this is how this is going to help you lose weight. Just stop eating this. Mm-hmm. This one thing you do every day, mm-hmm. stop that right there. It will fix a lot of things. Or add that Be- in. Or add this mm-hmm. thing in. Or get rid of that and add this instead. Um, I always make sure that I can delineate how, either numerically or in a picture or something, how that's helping them. Right. Because no one, I don't think, I think it's against, it goes against human psychology to ask someone to follow blindly. Mm-hmm. Even, I mean if we want to go there with like religion and all that, I mean, yes, you can definitely follow something like a religion without having all the, you know, clear roadmaps. But in real life, most things, people don't go to college for four years blind. We know what the end game is for us to go to college. In most cases, you want a degree because you want a job, (laughs) not just because of the luxury of college. As nice as college campuses are now, (laughs) No one goes to college just to hang out. Like, we just don't. So I think um, it's really, really important for um, coaches to be able to map out how each stage of any given plan or um, schedule of training or diet or what have you, Mm -hmm. that all needs to line up and make sense for an athlete. Right. I, it's I think it's really frustrating for a lot of people I've seen I've I've had some conversations with people in my gym where um, they're working out and they're kind of saying well I don't have a coach right now so I don't know what I'm doing and I go I've been going through that for like the last six months like I don't know what I'm doing with my life mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm doing anything I'm doing it just feels good right now so we're going with it that's fun for a while but it's really right. hard to set goals when you're doing right. that because you don't know what you're doing you're just kind of cruising along so yeah, I, just, I, I think coaches, if you don't know a lot about goal setting, get that into your coach training situation for yourself. Like that's something right. really important to learn is how to communicate about all three of those goals because the sexy goal is the one your athlete's going to post about on Instagram. Right. In most cases. I'm not that girl. I don't post mm-hmm. my sexy my sexy goal. No one knows what my sexy goals are. Well, quite frankly, right now I don't have one. But right. <laughs> In normal life, I'm not one to talk about my sexy goals. I usually talk about the other things, which is yeah. why you guys see, you know, 5 million videos of me benching 165 pounds. But yeah. most people, your athletes are going to post the sexy videos and they're not going to talk about anything else. And I think the more people talk about the ugly, boring, kind of shitty shit stuff, the more you'll see people successfully getting to the end. Because... That's really what you do every day. That powerlifting meet, or even worse, bodybuilding, is such a small fraction of what all of this is about that you can't get stuck there because it's right. so anticlimactic. Right, right. 
I mean, even with powerlifting, if you add up all the time you're actually on the platform, right? You get a minute per lift. Yeah, that's nine minutes. Yeah, and that's I think how people end up kind of having that post show, post meet letdown slash depression because they again fully focus so much time on that and accomplishing that. You know, they don't really look at or give any sort of attention to, you know, all of the other stuff they accomplish and all of the other things that may be in those processes and, and performance that they didn't, that they could kind of set for next time, right? Or things to continually work on. So I think, um, you know, in addition to what you're saying, I also think a lot of time in this, I was certainly guilty of this too, is, you know, again, you know, it's like monkey see, monkey do. So people see this thing, you know, they see, oh, so-and-so's, you know, they may have been watching, you know, Raw Nationals this weekend and be like, oh, I'm gonna do that. And they just jump into it. Um, and, and, but they have no idea what their goal should be, right? And the only way to kind of start to figure that out, now, obviously you can, you know, work with a coach, but, you know, and this was, again, this was really interesting, you know, when I started working with Cliff, you know, he was kind of like, okay, well, you know, what are your goals or what are you looking to achieve? And it was something where he never told me what they should or should not be. He was like, I need to know from you what you want to achieve or what your goals are. And I think sometimes people just want someone to tell them, you know, okay, well, you need to be lifting this, or this is a good lift, or this is how much you need to be lifting, bench pressing or whatever. And it's like, no, you actually going to have to take a little bit of time. And again, do some research, be strategic, you know, and then if you do decide to, you know, inquire for the services of, you know, a coach, it, it again, it will make that, it'll make that um, process much more efficient because you are coming to the table with some sort of knowledge. Like, I don't ever think it's a good idea to be like, I want to compete and I don't know anything. Tell me what to do. <laughs> and I did that the first time out and that was really stupid. Um, so I think, you know, sometimes again, people are so focused on the sexy that they don't want to take the time to research and look at the unsexy stuff that it's going to take them to get there because they're afraid that that's going to dull their quote-unquote motivation to do it and you know I think we've talked before and I'm sure we'll talk again about why motivation is bullshit but you know you really have to take some time and and be introspective you know and I I think that's in all things in life that you're trying to achieve not just you know um you know where you want to go to school or what you want to do with your career you know you got to do that with this too it 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 may this is you know it's a it's a hobby and it's great but it's not a cheap hobby in terms of time and sometimes finances and so I think you really you really have to make um smart decisions and and be an informed consumer, I guess is my point. So if you're not researching, okay, you know, what's the typical pathway to get to this point? Or how do people get started? Or even, you know, for some people like that whole comparison basis thing, I'm, that's not really my thing. But, you know, for some folks, it might be looking at particular weight classes and being like, oh, okay, well, you know, on average, these folks are kind of here and this is what they're looking like they should lift. But at least that might give someone a baseline for where they could possibly go or, you know, sort of what that could look like. And, and, and they can use that as a jumping point. So, you know, you can't just jump in feet first and and then think you're going to sit down and write some goals because where are you going to pull them from out of your ass and and a lot of people do um, <laughs> Which, but you know what's ironic is that it's it's 
and I think this is what happens a lot in powerlifting. I can't say this for bodybuilding as much just because I don't pay as much attention. Mm -hmm. But what I've noticed is that you do see a lot of people who kind of come out of nowhere in powerlifting. Right. Where they do their, they do one meet, no one's ever heard of them, and the next thing you know, they're 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 at nationals. I can think of like four people mm-hmm. off the top of my head who did just that. Mm-hmm. Their first meet, they qualified for nationals and they competed at nationals. And when people see that so much or hear about it so much, and again, social media plays into this a lot because it's more accessible to hear those stories mm-hmm. as opposed to them being a rarity before. Right now, people do think that's how it works. Right. Well, and two, I think. And again, this speaks to our our very point. So, you know, you mentioned kind of hearing about people that, you know, did one meet and, you know, all of a sudden they sort of found themselves thrust into nationals or or they sort of came from out of nowhere. And I have seen that happen in bodybuilding as well, or, or, or that's the perception. But the reality is they've been working at that shit for 10 years. You know, they've been just slowly chipping some of them they've been slowly 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 chipping away or you know not even slowly maybe not but just very methodically chipping away at you know working through the process you know elevating their performance and then you know on that first try boom because everything kind of comes into falls into place but again you don't always see that part so like you said it looks like oh you know, this person competed one time and they got their pro card and, and that's how it works. And it's like, no, that's not exactly how it works. You know, and that's not how it works. For example, for me, people are like, oh, you know, you're so lucky. I was like, dude, like I was competing for like eight years before that, you know, not in the same division, but still a lot of the processes were the same. This was the same amount of work, you know, so don't, you know, just again, look at that end result and think that that just easily happens, you know. Um, and I think, you know, people don't want to see that part because again then they realize this is going to take some work you know again no matter how genetically gifted you are you know whatever you're still going to have to put the work in and i don't think a lot of people really want to do that they say they do <laughs> but at the end of the day they really don't um well, they just there's want nothing glamorous about it absolutely not they just want the fruits of the labor right um they don't want to actually put forth the labor and the effort so again i say that to i say all of that to say you know one thing that's really important i think in determining goals is to you know examine it from every angle and be honest with yourself and say you know what do i really want to put forth all of my energy in these processes and sort of performance and you may not want to and that is okay you may be just fine you know power lifting just for the hell of it for shits and giggles if you don't want to put forth the extra effort to you know do a meet and all that other stuff that's cool you know and i just i don't know and, and everyone thinks differently mm-hmm. you know about this but i just kind of take issue with this whole concept of you're not a power lifter until you step on the platform you know and actually compete because there are people that have been putting in work for years and years and years just to improve at those lifts how are they any less of a power lifter than someone who got into it a year ago and decided to compete I mean, to me, you know, I mean, obviously, I think it just depends on how you perceive yourself and define yourself. And it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. But I've just seen some folks kind of put that out there on different platforms. And it just kind of rubs me the wrong way because I'm just like, well, who are you, A, to define for somebody else what is or isn't a power lifter? And B, you may have just discouraged somebody who's been kind of plugging along and making some really great progress. But now they're like, well, fuck it. I'm not really a power lifter, you know, and it's just like... Some people are not meant to do meets. Right. Some people don't have that. Or just don't want to. Right. Right. 
Uh, it's it's your prerogative not to and or you have people who and i suspect i might end up being one of these people who do want and hate the entire experience so much Mm -hmm. that they never do it again right Right. <laughs> and I strongly suspect I will be one of those people because I don't like high pressure situations. Yeah. And this is, and I think this is one of those things that I also think plays into this whole goal setting thing. And it's a, it's a, it's a funny dance you kind of have to do. Mm-hmm. Knowing when goal setting benefits you and when it will cause you to self destruct. Right. Because a lot of people talk about setting goals and for some people that's a really helpful thing to do to make it super concrete and super this and for some people it's the exact opposite right right and you have to know where your balance is and that's something you have to find like for me the more pressure i put on something even something like doing a powerlifting meet i promise you y'all when i finally do one no one is going to know including brie i'm just gonna freaking show up one day mm-hmm on social media and be like look motherfuckers look what i did today because the more i talk about it and the more people ask me about the fact and i mean i do this with everything in life when people ask me about shit too much i shut that shit down immediately Mm -hmm. oh when are you going to commit never right right yeah never i mean never and again you have to do what's comfortable for you you know and so i think I think knowing that, um, oh, defining things is, oh, you're not a powerlifter until you step on the platform. Okay, fine. Maybe you're not a competitive powerlifter until you step step on the platform. That's true mm-hmm. because that's the point, com- being a competitive powerlifter. Right. Um, but I think putting, for some people, the idea of putting these kind of restraints and restrictions around doing a meet and when you have to do one and when you should do one and all these, and setting goals attached to meets, I think for a lot of people... I've read it a lot. That makes people really nervous. And it plays into the idea that you can't do a meet until you reach a certain level. Right. And I think for me, even, I wish I had gone in completely clueless. Mm -hmm. Like, no coach, no nothing. Like, I had just walked in off the street. Someone had told me, here, put this wrestling singlet on. Here are some shoes. And go do what you've been doing in the gym for the last three years. Right. I would probably have enjoyed that process more and then probably stayed in powerlifting longer. And I like, cause I right. can tell you right now, I almost can feel it in my gut that I'm going to do a meet and hate it and never do it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because now it has not become enjoyable. Right. Now it's a pressure experience. Right. So I think sometimes with things like powerlifting, you can't really do this with figure physique or bikini because prep is a 16 to 20 week process at you know, right. on average, but for powerlifting, you don't have to peak for a meet, y'all. I I know several powerlifters who did their first meet clueless, right? Who didn't peak, and I know this goes against everything else we said in the show, but I think for some people hearing this is going to be comforting because I wish someone had said this to me. You don't have to set goals for powerlifting. Nope. Your goal can just be to show up and do a meet and finish could it. Could be. That could, could be, be it, and you could set that goal. The meet might be Saturday, and if there's still room to sign up and go, show up and do it. Yeah. You can set that goal on Saturday morning at 6 a.m. as long as you show up for weigh-ins because you do have to weigh in, y'all. You do. That's not optional. But I think sometimes you have to know where all this fits in for you Mm -hmm. um, and how you, what you can, where your boundaries are. Because really, no, you cannot decide to do a bikini show the week of unless you are. I mean, (laughs) some sort of of like. Many people been doing that lately. uh, Yeah. Hmm. But if in in theory, in theory, (laughs) yes, you could. If you want to be competitive you probably aren't going to be able to decide to do a bodybuilding show the day before. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but powerlifting, yeah, you, you really can. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, CrossFit competition, you kind of can too, yeah. depending on you know how packed they are right. and things like that. So sometimes, if you feel like the idea of setting goals around something like that is too much mm-hmm. pressure, mm-hmm. just do it. Yeah. Just go ahead and do it and get and it out of the way, and then it, you can and, set and goals. Exactly. And then you may say, okay, what are my takeaways from this experience? How would I do this next time? What are some things? And again, that's that's kind of you know, I, I think each time you go through an experience, you learn a little bit more about yourself and what what works well for you. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think that that's you know, I think that's fine too. And like I said, you know, you know, we talk about well, you know, if you want to be competitive, and and it's even that, it's like, well, what does that even mean? Like who and competitive according to who? You know what I mean? I think we right. I, I, again, I think like you said you know you know sometimes athletes put this pressure on themselves um just because of the you know just the kind of personalities that are attracted to 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 these different sports and things and it's just kind of like dude you don't have to do that you know what i mean like you could absolutely say you know what it's funny i you know i have a girlfriend and i mean her body is amazing her physique is incredible i mean it's just the gift of genetics and people ask her all the time you know if she is a competitor and or if not is she going to and she's like nope i'm good like she's Mm -hmm. never not once has she ever had the itch to do that you know because that's just not a goal for her she's like i'm just happy going to the gym training hard and doing the things that i love to do like i'm straight and she doesn't necessarily feel the need that she needs kind of that external you know validation that you know her body looks like a a a b and c you know and she and people like straight up get pissed at her like you know you're (laughs) you're wasting your genetics and you're wasting your potential and she's like um first of all i don't know you you know and it's just kind of like no actually i'm good so yeah you know i I think everybody kind of you know has their own goals or own you know thoughts about what is an outcome for them or a lofty goal and i just think it's not up to other people to decide that you know for for folks so you know let people live man let them enjoy things um so i think oh i i I thought of something Mm -hmm. a suggestion haha yeah useful um so if you are into this whole goal setting thing and i really Mm -hmm. like this thing because it actually does speak to and no they're not paying me this is not an endorsement i'm not being paid to say this it's something i actually discovered thanks to um becky holcomb she's a powerlifter probably lots of you follow her um Mm -hmm. it is called the best self journal um Mm -hmm. it is something you can get online and it actually does force you (laughs) the way it is formatted i really struggle with this Mm -hmm. and this is why i bought it like i mean like literally i'm sitting in bed with the book at five o'clock in the morning beating myself over the head with it like why can't i think like this but it's good for me to think this Mm -hmm. way um that does talk about like the process goals right and the long-term goals and the little benchmarks in the middle Mm -hmm. so it's split up kind of into your day-by-day things you schedule your weekly check-ins and then your lofty monthly goals and it's set up to be basically a three-month journal okay and it takes up each little piece um you can check it out online Mm -hmm. i don't like i said i'm not getting paid to tell y'all to use it to find it to make friends with it um but it is a super useful tool if you need to kind of learn how to think in these more iterative, um, smaller chunks, day-to-day life type goals. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not only just for athletes purposes, but it helped me when I was kind of going through this process of looking for a job, um, forcing me to say, okay, I'm going to sit down today Mm -hmm. and I'm going to look at and read four job descriptions Mm -hmm. and outline Mm -hmm. my outline, my resume to match these four job descriptions. And it forced me to be able to check that off the list every day. And it gives you a sense of accomplishment. You know, when it's the idea, like you said, is so overwhelming of, Oh my gosh, you know, when am I going to find a new job or I'll know, you know, it's going to take forever. The fact that you were working towards something that will get you there eventually every day, you know, I think is is really important, you know, and, and again, it's those those small things all add up to big things. Um, so I think that's a I think that's a great idea. And I mean, I, I am one of those people that, you know, think that you re- it is really important to write down your goals. It really is. I don't know what, you know, what it is about that process that just makes them seem more real. Um, but you're going to be hard pressed to get there if you don't sort of put it out there, not necessarily to other people, but just write it down on a little sheet of paper. You know, I have little, I had little post-its everywhere, you know, whatever works for you. Um, or, you know, maybe it might be speaking it into a recorder on your phone or something like that. So you can play it back. So you can visually, you know, so you can go back and look at what it is, where you're trying to get to and all the things that you've done thus far to get there. And that that is what is going to keep you going on those days where you're like, I'm not eating another motherfucking chicken breast <laughs> or I'm not going to the gym again or screw this cardio. I am not doing it today. Um, and then I think, um, you know, one of the other things that's really important about setting goals um, is, um, you know, Again, people will say, well, how do you set goals or how do you figure out what your goals are? And, you know, there's a, that acronym SMART, right? So goals yes. are specific. So that means basically, you know, I want to look good. That doesn't mean what? anything. <laughs> I want to get in nothing. shape. What? You know, so you have to set a specific goal. Goals are measurable. Again, how are you going to measure your progress? How are you going to measure, you know, what performance goals are you going to set to measure whether or not you're making progress towards your, your, your outcome, you know, and whether that be, you know, I want to, you know, uh, lose two pounds. Okay, that's great. That's a specific goal, right? Mm -hmm. What's your measure going to be? How are you going to know you're getting there? Are you going to Um, take your measurements every week are you gonna get on the scale are you gonna you know look at you know how you look in your clothes I mean whatever it is you got to figure out how to measure that goal Um, it should be attainable right and again you know I know like I said really anything's attainable but again if you've never stepped foot in a gym a day in your life don't fucking talk about you going to the Arnold next year just stop it You know, unless you have some secret, right? That none exactly. Of us know about. Like, don't, don't do that to yourself, and don't do that to other people, because people will look at you like you're crazy and be like, "You're full of shit." So make sure that that goal is attainable. And again, that could be a smaller a smaller goal on the way to your bigger goal, right? Um, you know, it's great to say I want to lose sixty pounds, but if you're talking about you want to lose sixty pounds in a month, that's probably not going to happen unless there's a, like a serious illness that happens to you, and we you don't want to do that. So make it attainable, make it realistic and realistic. I think in, in, in attainable or sort of hand in hand again, you know, 
yeah, you can lose 60 pounds. Can you do it in four weeks? Despite what, you know, you see um, a lot of these, uh, you know, dieties and, and all that other bullshit. No, that's not realistic. So try to make sure it's realistic and then try to put it in a specific time frame. Um, you know, I find that that's helpful too. And that's where that kind of outcome is. If you know that your meat is on, you know, October 31st, well, that's a specific time frame within which you can work and you can kind of work backwards to say, okay, what are the processes I need to put in place to get there? What are the, how am I going to measure my performance? And then, you know, on that date, that's how you know whether or not everything came together. So, you know, those are just some things to think about as you're deciding what type of goals to set for yourself, whether they be, you know, training wise, whether they be comp competition wise, whether they be, you know, sort of, you know, gaining, losing body fat, whatever the case may be. Um, that little acronym, that SMART acronym, and you can Google it and find all kinds of articles and things to kind of break it down for you a little bit more um, in detail. But I just kind of wanted to throw that out there too. So, you know, and the way I look at it, write it down, work backwards. So think about what your outcome is, your pie in the sky, then go back and look at your 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 process and your performance goals to get there and that's kind of working from least to most important and then set it and forget it you know don't focus on your outcome forget about it honestly focus on the day-to-day -day that's going to get you there so that's and if you are sense. a perfectionist type like i am really seriously forget that end game but in i know for me day-to-day -day is easy mm -hmm. because i'm a perfectionist I, I, there's no missing the gym. It doesn't exist in my world. There's no not getting out of bed that just doesn't exist in my world. It doesn't make it any less important. Mm -hmm. I think when it's easy for you to do that, you take it for granted. Right. Like I don't, I have never in life, you, you've been with me since I started my new job. Mm -hmm. Have I missed the gym yet? Yeah. How often do people change jobs and totally screw their gym? I have not missed a day yeah right. <laughs> so and that brings I up an important it's, point it's, too um when it, you're setting goals it's important to be flexible yep. um i think that you know like you said you're a perfectionist and you know you you kind of have this you know goal for and, and this also goes back to being realistic so if you if you are finding that you are missing those steps or you're not kind of you know achieving those process goals those performance goals you might need to step back a little bit and readjust and that's okay too like for you like you said you know making sure that you still have the ability to train you know on your schedule but that might mean that you had to adjust some other things in your life right because now you're you know you're you're not working from home or now you have to factor in yep. this time thing and this time thing so you've you have to constantly be able to adjust to make sure that you're hitting those benchmarks or whatever those benchmarks are for you and the same thing with me you know I've, I've had to adjust some some things um to kind of make sure that i'm able to you know kind of keep on track with certain things but also you know be kind to yourself because sometimes there will be spaces in your life where things are just gonna have to take a back seat for a while right whether that be you know okay the choices you know getting all of my workouts in and, and hitting my my process goals there versus hitting my process goals with you know diet and nutrition and sometimes you might have to kind of 
put one in front of the other so that you're at least still hitting one of the two, right? And if that's the case, it's okay. Usually that's just, you know, kind of a temporary space and time and it'll pass and then you'll kind of get back on the right track. Um, and, and that's why it's important to write these things down because you can go back and look and say, okay, what was it I was trying to do? Okay, what do I need to do, right? I have to go back to basics all the fucking time. Like this, <laughs> you know, this is never a static process where these are my goals and this is my process and it's never going to change. It is always changing. Um, um, depending on you know what that outcome that ultimate outcome is or what's going on in my life or whatever and that's cool too you know you, you are always going to be a student you're always going to be learning things so you know don't ever feel I mean of course you'll feel frustrated but don't feel like you're a failure if you have to kind of st- right. keep taking steps back and that's what that was kind of my point about being like the perfectionist type mm-hmm. it's still even if it's easy for you right now like I I'm responsible. I say this all the time. I'm responsible to no one. I have no children. I have no significant other. I'm responsible to precisely zero people except myself. So my life is super easy. Um, but I know at some point, maybe I will be responsible to someone or have to give a fuck about somebody else's schedule other than mine. And at that point, maybe it won't be so easy. So when it is easy, don't take that for granted and still treat it just as seriously as you would if it weren't easy right. because it is really easy to knock off and say oh well i trained six days this week of course you did because that's what you always do mm-hmm. but there might be two sometime two weeks from now where you can't do that and now that you've taken it for granted you don't even know how to think about right. it beyond that like oh it's easy so don't take that for granted when it does feel easy um take what lessons you can yeah from it. absolutely um, and it, and enjoy it while mm-hmm. it lasts <laughs> mm-hmm. but definitely take the lessons from it and the feel goods from it that will drive the not so great times and the not so easy right. times because they're always going to be yep. there absolutely they're always going to be there yeah and that's all i got to say about yep. that yep i think that's it <laughs> so that's set some it. goals you know write them down make them measurable blah 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 but focus on steps one and two to get you there don't focus so much on where you're trying to get to after you figure out where you're trying to get to if that makes sense it maybe didn't that's okay i need to eat <laughs> anyway <laughs> that's why i eat before we get on here because i'm always hungry. i know right um but yeah thank you guys again for joining us i hope you guys got something out of that and as always if you have comments feel free to leave us a comment and rate us five stars on itunes soundcloud um check out our blog i actually put up a new blog post recent recently so check that out on wordpress um chocolate bar the chocolate bar um <laughs> check out our instagram our facebook page um you know this has uh, been fun and real and we will see you later see you at the bar i'm brie i'm d bye bye bye